We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Everybody like Zoom, 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 Zoom. Hey, that's the turn up. Come on in Zoom, come on in Zoom, come on in Zoom, come on in Zoom. I was like, how do we get there? That version, I never, I've heard Bootsy version, I've heard that one now. So we are going to um ran off on the plug twice. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing at this prophecy thing. I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> like so God I, I God had to be really bored. God was bored. Jesus was born. The Holy Spirit was born. All the angels were gone on vacation. <laughs> there was nothing else to do up in heaven. All the mansions have been built. The streets have been cleaned. The gold has been shined. Everything is just is nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, you know what? Jesus was like, you know what, God? I've been thinking. He's like, what you been thinking about, son? Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Oh, word. How about you call Brian Card and tell him what you've been thinking? Like, <laughs> what? Y'all had nothing else to do. Like, our audience is completely lost on what's happening. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, so, Lisa introduced me to this gentleman. <laughs> Uh, named Brian Karn and there's a video of him giving a prophecy to a church and there's also another video that came out like 10 months before of some low budget psychic giving the same exact prophecy and yeah it's just you know and somebody did a split screen and put the videos together yeah. Well, they didn't do split screen. They just yeah, put they, the videos they, together. They showed one and then they would show the yeah show his version. So show the original and then show his version. And it's kind of like... The exact same words. Ex- yeah, exact same words. Exact same. Like she describes Kanye West is going to be, you know, have mental issues. And she compares and that Kim to... And Kim and Kanye going to get divorced. Right. She compares Kanye West's uh, mental issues to Michael Jackson. He does the same comparison. But the thing that just baffles me was like nobody in that church stopped and was like, wait a minute. You really think out of all of the things that God could talk about, all of the, he knows everything. God, God that turned into TMZ. Yeah. He knows everything and everybody. He thought that it was, you know what? It's really important for you to share the good news of Kanye. Then he said, what? "Daddy Bush, uh, jo- uh, George, the first dad, the dad. I'm talking about the first dad. The first Bush was gonna die in 2015. He is still 
Alive and Well is 2016. Kicking it. It's Why just, did God tell us he was going to die? Because it was all was, black was, people in that audience. And I'm pretty sure they were probably Democrats. Probably didn't care. Didn't care. Really, like, he had to be. I'm telling you, there was nothing else to do with heaven. It was like, you know what? Today is just a boring day. Let's just <laughs> let me catch up on my celebrity gossip. <laughs> like, I don't think that had anything to do with God. And that's what I'm, I'm like, you know, I, like, if I ever got a chance to talk to Brian Carr, I'd be like, just tell God next time. If he ever gets that, like, if he ever gets that low, just call me. I'll pick up. <laughs> you can text I'll me. <laughs> right. Don't you know? I got Jesus? unlimited text. Yeah. We can talk all day. I do day. unlimited mobile to mobile. Just just call me. <laughs> just, just hit me up. I'll listen. We don't even, We can just sit on the phone and breathe. That's it. <laughs> we ain't even got to say nothing. Like... Yo, the, the buffoonery of people. Anyway, y'all, welcome to uh y'all are listening to Brunch Culture. I'm sorry, we we are all over the place. I'm still just baffled. If y'all don't know what we're talking about, please go go to YouTube and look up uh it was it just like Brian Brian Karn prophecy or something like that. It's Brian Karn psychic. Psychic, yeah. And and yeah, it is It's interesting. It is Interesting. And even if you take the psychic out of the equation, what he said didn't happen. <laughs> That's what get me. And people like, you don't know who came first, the psychic. You can't verify the stamp time. Well, he said that it was going to happen in 2015 and it's 2016 and it happened. So if you even take the psychic out of the equation, <laughs> the stuff he said, the substance of what he said didn't come to pass. <laughs> So a comedian, Kev on stage, I got to show you this video. I have to see. He did a commentary on it. And he, he was like, he was like, well, maybe he was talking about carnitas at Chipotle. Because <laughs> for a while, they did take them out of Chipotle. So maybe that's the But he didn't want to say that because of the branding purposes. Oh, gosh. I just don't. I, I Yeah, I don't understand. It it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, we have some other things to get into on this good scroll. Um, I just don't even know what to. Let's start with it. What do you want? Let's start with the Oscars. Let's start with the Oscars. The I didn't watch the Oscars. I don't think anybody watched the Oscars. They said this was the lowest viewership of the Academy Awards in the past eight years. Oh wow! Yeah, I think have a black nominee next year. Exactly. I feel like it's gonna be a whole, a whole lot of black nominees. Oscar so black. Exactly, and it, that's gonna be very fabricated and like, all right, guys, I guess. If you black, make a movie this year. <laughs> right. We make, make a movie it. this year because you get nominated. Right. That's this your year. Even Terrence J movie gonna get nominated. <laughs> Him and Cassie, new movie gonna get nominated. Oh, Cassie. I, I, I just don't understand Cassie's career. No, 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 no. You won't. You you won't sing that on this show. We're not. We, we're you not don't like that song? No. I, ever since she. Well, I didn't really care for it. But did you ever see her performing? It's not like she made it in her room. Did you ever see her like performing on 106 in part? She, she was like, you've been waiting so long. I'm here to answer your call. I was like. Wait, is this your singing voice? Oh no, we not gonna be no. 
No, no. She had the look. No. We're she not. had the look. We're it was when Brianna came out, she kind of had that same kind of look. So they was like, but Rihanna took off and she kind of just started dating Diddy. And, you know. That was her career. That's what she's known for. But now she got a movie coming out in a couple. I'm I'm actually gonna watch it. I, I probably on Redbox, but I'm gonna watch it. I was gonna say I don't know. I mean, I, I if I were to see it, I'm, it's just to support Terrence J. I think I, I read his book. I actually think his story um, and how encouraging and empowering he is for people. I think that's it's incredible. But yeah, he I think it's gonna be like Beyond the Lights. Which Did I you never, see that? No, I've never seen that movie. I, I watched it. Wasn't on, interested. I think it's Redbot Netflix. One of them. I think it was Netflix. I watched it on. It was. It wasn't good. Yeah. When people was like, "It's like the new Love and Basketball." I was like, after I saw, it, I was like, "How dare you? How dare you?" Yeah. I'm a Love and Basketball fan. You can't compare that. I to didn't. Love, I didn't like Love and Basketball either, though. Oh. I just didn't. I thought it was. I thought it was real cheesy. Like. Oh my gosh. If you, That's like my I'm like, no, all alive. If you if you beat me at basketball, you can have my heart. What? <laughs> oh my god. I feel like you're such a hater. Uh, no, it was just and I always said, you know what? Brown this sugar, loving basketball, love Jones. See, I was real I was I, I wanted asking action. Like let's let's shoot some people. Let's, you know. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's get a wild story. Like I let's get aggressive. You're the only person I have known that don't like loving basketball. I just don't. It Look, was you like so the wood? cheesy. The wood is dope. The wood is dope. Best but, man wanted to. Yeah, I'm 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 all there for it. But you can't. Look, Love did you like brown sugar? I don't even remember what that is. We use brown sugar when we make sweet potato pies. You never watched brown sugar? I probably did, but I really don't remember oh, it. Man. I. Yeah, all of those. What I are we celebrating? Them. My divorce. I love that that line was so hilarious. No idea what that means. Oh man, I hope somebody out here listening can relate when they hear that. That makes me laugh. When he says, "What are we celebrating?" My divorce. Now I don't celebrate divorce. I don't. I think people should stay married. But I'm just saying that was. A funny part in the movie. Yeah. Anyway, that. that's neither here nor there. I don't get that. Anyway, back to the back Oscars. To the Oscars. Um, uh, what's it? What Chris Rock? So Chris Rock's monologue. People were talking uh, about that, and I just don't know. You know, I don't really. I don't know. I say this. I preface this with every statement. Every time I talk about it, I've never been a diehard Chris Rock person. I've never thought that he was ridiculously funny or being like oh my gosh yeah this guy so yeah no so i don't know if i i don't really know about it i don't know how to feel about it i didn't know how to feel about it i was just kind of like i mean i guess like it's it's i didn't i wasn't expecting much from it um the one part that i did think was this was offensive as heck well actually two parts i hated the whole jada pinkett smith thing i feel like I get the logic behind it. He's trying to satisfy two sides of the aisle, right? He's trying to call out the fact that, you know, there are some issues when it comes to race uh, in in our society and, 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 and acting. Um, and there are clearly some people that may have been snubbed 
But I just don't get the whole, like, I feel like he was trying to basically poke fun at the movement, poke fun at people that really say are saying, you know what, we're going to we're going to protest and there needs to be a protest. Like we need to do something to stop this. Like He's poking fun at those people. And I was just kind of like, uh. and then the whole Stacey Dash come out thing. I just didn't. I didn't get it. I thought it was awkward. Whoever wrote this joke or came up with this and thought it was going to be funny is stupid. I feel like it made her look even more dumb. Even if you're a person that, you know, isn't black or doesn't know anything about black history, want to support it. I feel like you probably just looked at her and be like, like, why? You know, like, what is this whole thing? Like, I think he intended or whoever the joke writers were intended for a lot of these things to be come over really well and be a lot more funny than what they were. Mm-hmm. But it was really stupid. Yeah, I was the Stacey Dash thing. I was just like, really? This is so dumb and awkward. And nobody knew who she was. Nobody clapped. Everybody was just like, uh, why is she here? Um, and then for, you know, for um, Chris, I felt like people didn't know whether to laugh or not uh, in the audience. Um, I think him throwing shade at Jada was wrong. Um, because I think we, you know, the whole idea of they didn't come because, you know, Will didn't get nominated. I, I don't know, but I just, I, I don't know. I was like, uh, why you had to throw Jada under the bus like that? And I just like, feel- let's be united in this. Even yeah. if, I mean, we did have more things to protest back then than just, you know, movies. You know, people weren't paying attention to this as much right. but we're in a whole different generation you know what i'm saying so people understand that racism is in different stages when you when you're when you're on different levels you know Absolutely. some people are dealing with the flint water crisis there are other other actors and actresses who want to excel in their career yeah both of them are valid things so why can't we treat them as both valid by saying that racism you're basically saying that only racism that occurs on a certain level is important and i don't think that's the message we want to send exactly and i just think that i don't know i i really just i i didn't i didn't get it i was like i think you wanted this to come off a lot more funny than it did but then again i was like you know what i just have to revert back to the fact that i've never really thought what you do is funny so maybe i'm just missing it maybe the whole thing and like i respect him as a comedian i loved everybody hates chris i think that's hilarious um i think even when i watch movies his movies i think that things that he he does or the way that he says it is pretty funny but i don't know the comedy that i i I subscribe to as well is just completely different i like a lot more you know kind of gutter a little more turned up type comedy Lavelle and some more are my two favorite comedians, like male and female. It gets no better. So if you know the type of comedy that they do and you've seen their comedy shows, that's the stuff, the type of stuff that's funny to me because it's really, it's relatable. Like they tell you stories and the stories have like a punchline. Like that's what, that's the type of stuff that I like. I don't really get the whole like, oh, it's walking down the street and... 
I twisted my ankle and then I realized I don't have a leg. Ha ha ha. Like, what? <laughs> it's always like, what is, like, what are you talking about? That was about? funny because you, <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? I, okay. All right. Yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> anyway, so the scroll this week, uh, what else? The Nina Simone trailer. Did you see that? No, but I just. Is that the one where they have uh, Zoe playing her? Yeah. And they look nothing alike? I just don't understand that. So, I'm going to break down. And I said I was going to do it later. I was going to actually do this for my roast. But, I don't know. I'll just say it now. We'll we'll, we'll come up with something later. So, for people that don't understand, Zoe Saldana. uh, Is it Saldana? Saldana? Saldana, I think it is. Uh, She's playing Nina Simone. You said what? It's Spanish. <laughs> so Zoe, Zoe Saldana, um, she's playing Nina Simone. Nina Simone is legendary artist and activist, uh, jazz artist. She um, his is just kind of like one of those people that she created authentic music and people loved it. Uh, I remember, like, because and I didn't know. I'm not even extremely well versed in, in her in her life. In a sense, and so the seeing the clip and seeing how horrible it looks to me makes me want to actually do my own research of her life. Um, but definitely, I remember being younger and being like, "Oh wait, like who is this?" And it wasn't even so much as like she was just this amazing, beautiful singer. It was just like she had like this uniqueness to the sound, and there was a uniqueness to her tone. Um, and then even like the content in the music, it just kind of just, it was like feel good music. And it just kind of put you into the moment of like a real reflective, like self-reflect type thing. So anyway, so that's Nina Simone. Um, and Zoe Saldana is a very, very bright skinned woman. She got cast for this role. She is in complete, complete dark makeup to look like she has a, a prosthetic nose to look like Nina Simone. And so the the issue and the concern is, well, knowing that Nina Simone had a lot of struggles, even with her image and a lot of people, especially back in the time, you know, in her era, there weren't a lot of opportunities for black women and, and especially black women of a certain hue. So it's like, you will produce a movie that's supposed to be honoring her story, honoring her life, talking about her with a brighter skinned actress that is so bright not that you know you can just use her and put on like a little a little makeup to kind of you know make sure the camera pitch picks up on a certain skin tone but she has to go complete what many people are considering blackface and honestly at the end of the day i think when you actually know why this hurts so much because you have so many there's already not a lot of roles for black women in general. And then when it comes for a role that could have been authentically for a darker brown skin woman to honor Nina Simone and say, you know what? Knowing your life, knowing your struggles or knowing even the struggles that women go through today, we're going to find somebody and give them an opportunity uh, to, to play you to show that, you know what? Girls, darker girls, darker skinned girls, colorism is real. Darker skinned girls can actually get roles, book roles and be successful at it. So in order to in order to stay true to who you were, we're going to bring somebody in. You guys got somebody that like is not even close to being her skin tone. Somebody doesn't even look like her. 
doesn't even have like natural features that make them resemble each other. Like it just doesn't. It's real. It looks really, really bad. And at first, I was like, "Well, when I saw the pictures, what years ago? Like two, two years ago or something? Two or three years ago? I saw the pictures originally, and I was like, oh, well, you know, it's probably gonna look better. These just may be them, them rehearsing. No, video trailer looks exactly the same. Like it looks like she has on makeup on her face. It's just really bad. Wow. It's yeah. It's tough. Here we go in 2016, having to educate people on why it's important to not have somebody that is not darker skinned be thrown in full body makeup so they could play somebody that's darker skinned when there are a million dark, darker skinned actresses out there. And then even in terms of name recognition, some people say, well, it's because Zoe Saldana, like she's great, but. I mean, is she? But she, I feel like she's not that popular. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> she's great, but ain't nobody's checking for her like that. Nobody's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to see the next Zoe Saldona movie because it's Zoe Saldona. Like, it's just not. That doesn't happen. And then the people that you're pissing off is the base audience that you want to go see this movie anyway, right? So, exactly. <laughs> you want to produce the movie in a way that it's going to seem very real and very authentic to. The, the the people that support the artist Nina Simone like those people that will really appreciate her artwork and, and, and can really love her but if you do it in a way where it comes off offensive or it comes comes off as inauthentic like I just can't I want to see the movie to get just because it's like oh it's about Nina Simone and I want that to be successful but I can't imagine myself sitting there for an hour hour and a half two hours watching somebody in all this makeup like I just I can't see myself doing that. Yeah. Everybody, whoever created it is about as disconnected as the GOP. Exactly. Um, But, I mean, I think the... Something else I want to touch on was Melissa Harris-Perry. Yeah. Family is not on MSNBC anymore. Bye-bye, Nerdland. Which I loved her show. I think i was introduced to her show what maybe back in 2012 2013 somewhere back in there i know i was living in jacksonville and i just i felt i stumbled upon it and i was like wait what is this and then i kept coming back week after weekend after week to watch it and it's amazing what i love about her show is that she has like real really and truly like intellectual conversations and like she tried to ask the one-off question so the question not just the very broad surface question but she wanted to like dive into the details of things and i just love it i don't know i I really appreciate it and so to know that she's no longer going to be on msnbc is is sad but she went out like a g for sure for sure she definitely stayed true to who she is and what she believes which i love so shout out to melissa harris perry um, I'm sure she'll get a job somewhere else, and she already has a job. I was just going to say, yeah, professor. she's she's a tenured Sorry. professor, yeah, so she, she is. is this was definitely so. a side gig, like, which is another reason that I, I I say kudos to her, and I love it because it's like she doesn't like. I'm not going to be if you're going to create if you're going to take away the creative control for me to drive and direct these conversations, which has been successful for all of these years. Um, and then I'm constantly bringing in new panelists, new commentators. I'm reaching out to young intellectuals. I'm reaching out to young people uh, that are doing and like younger and old people that are older people that are doing 
you know, doing the work and that are actually qualified to speak on these topics. And you want me to you want there to be more political coverage and political coverage that is like anti a certain group of people or anti a certain person. Like, I'm not going to sacrifice this good thing for that. And if that's the case, then you know what? I'll just rather walk like I'm good. I just I don't know. I just I admire people that will take stand up for what they believe in and that will say, you know what, I will not do something that is going to jeopardize my following, but also jeopardize the respect and the value that we've created in the show. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But stand, shout out to her for standing up for what she believed in and not caving in just so she could be on TV. Absolutely. So, that's dope. Well, we'll be right back with our main dish. Let's pull the two seat out, baby. This wherever you want to go. Just right to the music. This is how we do it. And now we're back with our main dish. Our main dish. Our main dish. This wasn't a week for it either. Anyway, I said I was trying to. You remember I told you I was going to try to like get a get a good song vibe to go with it. It just oh, that's what you was doing with it. Okay. Yeah, it didn't it didn't go over well. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, today in our main dish, we want to talk about what would I tell my younger self. Um, yeah, what would I tell my younger self? Whew, that's a that's a heavy one. I think first I would tell my younger self to go back in time and not date a couple people. Um, that's always a smart move. <laughs> I think I would tell myself to listen to my first instinct about people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's especially, especially dating. I think you, you, you meet people and that gut feeling initially tells you every reason why this is not going to work. And then we like, like, oh, then you start catching feelings and then you talk yourself into it. And then you end up breaking up for the exact reasons you knew from the jump. And right. so I think I would tell my my younger self, um, follow follow that gut feeling you get when you start dating somebody. That's the first thing I would tell myself. I think that's smart. I think that's really smart. I think the kind of the first thing that comes to mind or that I... I just kind of hits my head is to appreciate who I am in that moment. Um, I find this so often. I, I That's one of the reasons I think I mentioned this before when Adele wrote that letter, or put out that little letter on Twitter as advertisement for 25. And she was saying like, you know, when I was 
18, I wanted to be 21. When I was 21, I wanted to be 25, 23. When I was 23, I wanted to be 20, 25. When I was 25, I wanted to be 30. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I feel like I've lived and been successful and thank, thankful and thankful for all the things that I have. But in the moments of living and experiencing and being a college student, I was always preparing for the next thing. I was always looking for the next thing. I was always you know, focused on what's to come, what's to come instead of stopping and realizing what I had in that moment. And even me with my my, my flaws, my insecurities, uh, you know, whatever was happening, whatever wasn't perfect, whatever relationships didn't work out or what have you, like there's so much value in being in that moment. Um, there's so much value in just kind of soaking things in and kind of being really a, a a sponge and picking up so much stuff. There's so many things now that I'm like, dang, I appreciate these experiences in hindsight because I've learned so much from going through them. But like being in that moment, I couldn't see it. I couldn't get it. And so the very, the, the thing for me, it would just be kind of like, yo, appreciate this moment, appreciate being in this moment, being this person at this time, because you're not going to be this person always. If you are, you know, the most unhappy or the most unsuccessful person in the world, like that doesn't last always. And there's so many things that's good about this moment. Um, and I just, I remember always thinking like in college, I just kind of look at other people and look at other people who had like parents that could send them money or give them money, or they had parents that they could plan out their future with. And their parents were super involved and was always showing up to, you know, campus and like family days or family weekends like the family would really come and have all these this money to spend and just things like that and I was kind of like you know what dang I really don't have I don't come from an affluent background I don't have family members that got a whole bunch of money you know I'm working full-time trying to make this thing happen so I don't have to take out no loans and I don't like I just didn't see the value in being me and what I had then And now I'm like, yo, you were like, there was so many good things happening there. Like, yeah, you had to do all this, but there was so much good things happening. So many great things happening then. And I've learned lessons from those moments now. But when I was in them, it was kind of like, I don't really know. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I, I echo that about like appreciating the moment. I think in high school. You want to get to college, like you were saying. College, you want to get out, get a job, and all this stuff. And I think I really learned, well, some I say sometimes, because sometimes I'm still in the rush for certain things. Um, but I think my seminary graduation was, for me, the best, one of the moments that I appreciated most. Yeah. Like, And I like took that in. It was, I like took it into the point where I don't even remember like spending time on my phone for real, for real during that time. Yeah. Like my friends had to make me take pictures because I was enjoying the moment so much that I was like, that was to me one of the best highlights because if anybody knows me, they know that the most important things to me are family and friends. So when I say for 
when I when I sent out my invitations and I sent out this thing, I was like, you know, and you got it, Randall, because you mm-hmm. were on the list. I don't even want gifts. I, your present is a present. Like for me, that's legit. Yeah. Like, and so that was the greatest gift of all, being surrounded by my friends. Um, you know, just taking that moment in, being able to spend time with them. And I, partly I wasn't on my phone because the only p- people I talked to was in them there with me. <laughs> uh, with the, with the, a, a few weren't able to make it, but majority of the people I talked to and I hold very dear were there. Right. So I didn't really have the need to. Um, but that was like, that was for me that moment, that whole weekend was for me like, one of the greatest experiences I've had in a long time. And I, I just really soaked in that moment. Yeah. And so I think it's really important just to live in the moment and be thankful for what you have, the friends you have, family you have, and all of that stuff. And I think maybe that's the thing that probably comes with age. And so I think maybe that's why it's so important. It would be so appropriate to say this to my younger self and kind of advise my younger self um, about this thing, because you don't realize how important that is until, you know, you get a, you get a little some years on you. You start to age. You say that. And I think back to my graduation from my master's program. And I was it was it was such a great time because I literally had like 40 people drive down from like all over the place to like South Florida to celebrate me and to celebrate that moment. And I do I recall just kind of it seeming very surreal um, because it's something like I was like, I, I want this. I, I'm going to go after it. There's going to be a lot of sacrifice and be a lot of hard work. I really want to capitalize on this and do everything that I can to make this experience great. So joining organizations and all this great stuff. But it was kind of like in that moment of having having this entire section as I'm, I have a video of me recording a video as I'm walking across the stage and they say my name and literally you hear like the stands just kind of go in an uproar. And it's this one section of like 40 of my family and friends that is just kind of going crazy. But it was such a, it was such an incredible moment. And then just in it, realizing after taking a photo with all these people, realizing that, all of these people made whatever sacrifices they that they they made or you know they really made those sacrifices just to come here to support me and it's kind of like this is what i i never want to forget these mm-hmm. are th- these are the things that really matter in life when <clears throat> i remember one of i have one homeboy that lives in orlando we you know, we definitely we keep up. We stay current, but I'm not in Orlando a lot. He doesn't come to D.C. a lot. So we really don't get to see each other. But when I sent when I sent him the message about my graduation and he'd been there from I mean, we've been friends since undergrad. So, you know, when I sent him the message inviting to my graduation, it was one wasn't one of those like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. It was like, yeah, I'll be there. Put me on a list. I'll see you, man. Like, even if it's a drive down to come and celebrate you and drive back up like I'm coming down for that moment. And it's just kind of like, this is what it's about. Like, it's it's not about I, I worked hard to get to the next level and I'm working hard trying to go, trying to go. But really, in this moment, it's it's about me just enjoying this and just enjoying. I remember even one time, like being stuck in a study room to like two or three o'clock in the morning working on this research paper and I was so frustrated and so tired of the paper. And I was just like, 
yo, I'm I'm just ready to be done. Like I was interested in the topic, but I'm like, I'm ready for for it to be done. But stopping for a second and saying in this moment, like I got to be thankful for the fact that I'm here and I'm writing this paper. I got to be thankful for that. I have, you know, the wit, the, 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 the brain power, the brain capacity to even give an opinion to, to do research and to be able to speak on that. Like it's just really simple stuff that I feel, I feel I didn't, I didn't value. I always take it for granted. I feel like we, many of us take those like small things for granted, but it's like in this moment of having people saying, Hey, you might not see it, but I'm going to come here to celebrate who you are. It just reminds me that I need to think and be be intentional about thinking about where I am, who I am and what I've achieved and like why there's so much value in that today. Like, yes, I want to do all these great things in my future, but there's also such a, a beautiful thing about where I am now and what I'm doing now. And I need to, you know, appreciate and remember that. Yeah. And I it's it's like you said, like I it comes with age because my undergrad graduation was nothing like my grad graduation. My undergrad graduation, I was so anxious about life and I didn't appreciate that moment at all. Yeah. I don't think I haven't really enjoyed my graduation day. But that was partly because the person I was dating was a jerk and he didn't make it he he added to that um but um but that's a whole nother story um but uh so with with within that whole situation i'm just thankful for you know age and being able to like they say hindsight is 2020 but i think another thing that i would tell my younger self too is that like don't take don't think don't take things so personal yeah Um, (laughs) I think I would tell myself don't take things so personal I think I would tell my younger self that most of the issues that people have with you they don't necessarily always have with you Um, you could just be the target of their issues you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. of something they didn't address and I think that I think that's really, really something that comes with age. You know right. what I'm saying? At when you're younger, you think, man, it's an assault against me. But sometimes it is now. Cause some people want to play the victim and they are are the villain. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes stuff doesn't have anything to do with you. Sometimes yeah. people just having a bad day. Um and sometimes we read things through the lenses of other experiences. Right. So I think I think that one of the things I would tell my younger self is don't take things so seriously. Don't overanalyze. Yeah. Um, don't put try to put pieces of the puzzle together that's not when there's no pieces. Right. Um it's just it just is what it is. And I think listening to what people say not what you want them to say. Um, it's something else I would tell my younger self. Yeah. Like, listen to what people say. Like, people say what they mean. Often they're telling you what they mean. Yeah. Like, don't... What they don't, mean. Yeah. What they mean don't and what they need. Yeah. Yeah. Don't read into it. Don't try to fix it. Just 
just deal with it. And I think that's something that I would really instill in my younger self. Yeah, I think I would tell myself about like not to be so hell bent on being a perfectionist and being perfect. Um, I think being a perfectionist is great in in, in a number of ways. Um, I think that you really do put in a lot of work when you're a perfectionist. You really want the best result. I feel like I can accredit a lot of my success to the fact that when I'm doing something, I'm thinking about, okay, so how could this be done in the best way possible? But one thing that I always and I never allowed myself to really do was to be human and Mm -hmm. I just value my humanism now. I think um, as an adult, I realized I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. Somebody's going to, I'm going to do something that's not going to be the, make. it's not going to be me making the best decision. Um, I'm going to mess something up. I'm going to do something and suck. And it's okay to suck because, because you're bad now and you're not so good at it now. It doesn't mean you have to be that way all the time. And I, I attribute a lot of that to what I think, you know, we all aspire to be great or many of us aspire to be great. And it's based off of, we've seen other people be great and we've seen the response to that. So the response could be, you know, money. The response could be a lot of respect, a lot of love, popularity, uh, feeling like a, a feeling, a, a feeling of being of belonging and being wanted, and all of those things uh, that we we can come up with and decide that you know what here is I, I want this because of these things. But it's kind of like it's okay to be perfect. It's okay to be authentically you. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be a nerd. It's so funny. Uh, I had a colleague that called me a nerd maybe like two weeks ago. Um, and they, they kind of made a joke about it and they started laughing and I was like, oh yeah, I know I'm a nerd. That's fine. (laughs) And back in the (laughs) day, I would have never, like, I never wanted to be a nerd. I remember growing up and not doing things that other people would do and being considered a nerd and then getting to like, you know, middle school and high school. And I was a little more cool and I was like the cool guy. And then it was kind of like, well, let me downplay my intellect. Let me not be. And sometimes it was just because I was flat out. My interests were. I just want to be with my friends and be popular and like, you know, do whatever, just have a good time. Um, but I, it, it was like a down. I, I didn't say, hey, I really want to be good at this. I really want to make an A. I really want to study hard. Like it was just kind of something I felt like I had to shy away from. But today I'm like, I am every bit of a nerd like and I enjoy it. And, you know, for some people, it might be like, yo, that's kind of weird. And I'm OK with that. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's good. I think just just allowing myself to be okay with you're not perfect. Like you don't have it all together. You might look stupid today and look like a genius tomorrow in the eyes of other people. What's important is you defining who you are and you being okay with who you are. And I think the freedom in that comes with having people that love you in spite of, um, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people don't have, right? There are a number Mm -hmm. of people that grow up wanting to be belonged and wanting to feel loved and all of these other great things. And so it's kind of like when you don't have it, you don't know, you know, you're always trying to find it. You're always trying to search and get it. You want that validation. You want those cool points, but I have a homeboy now that we're really cool. I remember in middle school, he was like, you know, I know you used to think I was awkward in middle school. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, I always thought you was extremely loud. 
and rude in middle school. And I was like, ah, yeah. But it's funny, though, because I admire, as an adult, I'm like, I admire you being authentically who you were then. Because so often, people get lost in trying to be something that is not ultimately who they are, who they want to be. But it's more so because you're trying to, like, make up for what you're li- you're missing. Um, or you're trying to, like, overcompensate as opposed to just being like, yo, in my case, I'm an extreme nerd. I like reading. Uh, if you ask me what I'm going to do when I get off tomorrow, I'm going to get off. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm probably going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to come home and I'm going to sit in my bed. I'm going to pull up in the book and I'm going to read or I'm going to pull out my iPad and go through my pocket app and read these 10 articles that I just posted to my pocket today so that I can read through all of them. Like that's to me, that's fun. I enjoy it. I, I want to learn. I want to like start writing. And then another thing I journal, like, which is not a thing that apparently, well, for a long time, people are like, Oh, you know, you a man, you ain't supposed to journal, but I actually think it's dope. I do it, you know, quite frequently. And so, yeah, that's one thing I'll be like, it's okay to be you, man. Like you don't got to be perfect. Just be who you are. Enjoy you. Yeah. I think that's dope. I keep people keep trying to get me to start journaling. You should. I just started. I write everything in my calendar. Have I told you that? No. Consistently I didn't know. for a month. That's good. I've actually like if people tell me something they want an exact time, I make sure I put it in my calendar. Like all, all my meetings, everything I have to do is in my calendar. And I started using the Siri to-do list. I just told Siri to remind me, you know, like the reminders. Yeah. So it's really, I don't understand how I function without doing this. So, I mean, for those who, at the beginning of the year, I said I was going to try to be better. And I wanted to be more consistent with calendars. I've never in my life done this. So. I got introduced to it. I had a BlackBerry and I was a uh, pleasure my business fraternity. And there was so much stuff going on. It was impossible to keep up with it all, having it written down somewhere or not having it like in your phone. So I got really good at putting things in my calendar on my BlackBerry. So then when I got my, my iPhone, literally, it was just like I put it in my calendar. I put it in my calendar. I'm not as good about checking it today as I am now, only because my life kind of runs in pretty much in the same way sometimes it's kind of like well i gotta do this i gotta do this i know these things are staples but it's really good for putting in your calendar to stay on task like if you have to be to work at a certain time you put it into your calendar you can set an alarm or an alert for that it'll definitely wake you up it, you can give yourself like travel time like i just i don't know i i, I think i don't understand how people survive how a young professional survives without i don't know a how calendar. i was living before i, I don't just... get it I really, I just was in the dark ages, apparently. I apologize for judging people who had a calendar before. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's changed my life. I mean, I'm a testimony. <laughs> Living with Living testimony. Living with <laughs> But if I had to add one more thing, and I know we're almost over time, but I think this is so crucial. This is something, one of the biggest things I learned. Um, obviously, I would have got Jesus sooner, but that's the obvious. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, I think that I, I I would I would be I would verbalize my feelings more towards people. 
Mm-hmm. And not, I'm not talking about negative. I'm talking about positive feelings. Right. Like, I've learned the value of saying, I appreciate you. I love you. You know, thank you. Um, I've just learned the value of showing care and affection. Um, for so long, I just didn't do it. And I, I've, I think if I could regret anything in, in relationships, it would be that I didn't verbalize that I cared. And so until to, to until later on, um, as I'm getting older, that's becoming important to me. But I, I, I'm so inspired by people who do it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're a person that I feel like does that well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just get a random text from you, you know, in the middle of the week that say, hey, Lisa, I appreciate you. Like, that's something I'm not used to doing for people. Mm-hmm. So, like, you doing that inspires me to do that to other people. Like, yeah. it's like, pay it for it. Like, oh, wow, that's really nice. Like, that's very uplifting. Um, just to know, like, and I was talking to one of my friends and I was talking about somebody else and I was like, well, they know I love them. And she was like, how? Right. And I was like, cause they know. She was like, mm, not unless you tell them. And so I was like, true. So, I mean, I think it's really important. And I, I, I used to think, and this is going to sound real racist. And shady. <laughs> that stuff white people do. Let mm-hmm. people don't do that. Absolutely. I thought this, um, I honestly thought the same thing. And to my uh I I'm about to sound like the black the white people that say they 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 got that black friend. But my my white friend in in Lynchburg, she's she was very good at like, you know, that like the and I was like, that's that inspired me, like, <laughs> and but it's black people that do it too, because you know you do it, yeah, and and and, and you're African American man, absolutely, um, and and other people do it. So I think it's you know I've had I had a a good friend that um that used to do that all the time, and I I know my one of my friends, this girl, I think. It, I don't know if you met Morgan, but she's really good at like words of affirmation. I could I could wake up one day and she got like she like you in that regard, just yeah. sending messages. Um, I think that's it's inspiring. Like now I do it more to people and it's like I want to like tell them. Right. But again, it, it's something that grew on me. It wasn't like something that I did all the time. It's just now becoming a thing for me. Absolutely. So it's like a one eight in my life it was definitely that way for me like i i trust me i haven't always been this way i was pretty like a brute and not just because you think people should know it like exactly and you know it by i was always like well you know it because i'm around you but the one thing that i realized was i was in you know nobody was like expressive to me in that way so i i realized the value and i remember you know my my ex-girlfriend was very 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 like expressive like hey thank you hey i really appreciate you doing this i genuinely appreciate you you know getting here on time or showing up early or hey you just helping me out and it's kind of like 
you I, I I I got that and I was like, hey, this I mean this 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 makes sense. And you always want to once I heard that I remember hearing the statement, give people their flowers now. And it's like, yo, so often so often we wait to funerals and you have somebody died and they felt alone or somebody was like, you know, struggling with knowing if they mattered to people and then you die and you see a hundred two, three, five hundred people that's showing up to to pay their respects and this is somebody that has like no form of celebrity and it's like yo i need to tell you now while you can respond i need to know so that when i'm when you're eulogized or if i'm just sitting here thinking about you after you've passed on i can find comfort in knowing that i shared my heart with you and we're good like you're like you know what I, I got it. I, I know that if anything happened to, to this person, I've been able to share it. So I think it's important. I say like the, the the entire premise of what we're talking about today is like self-reflection. And sometimes it's really good to do that. Um, I think it's it's really good to stop for a second to really think about the lessons that you've learned um, coming up on this new, very, very different age. Like my uh, age won't start with the number that it started with for the past 10 years so it's a little different for me but thinking about it and i've been really in this like self-reflective place of what are the things that i've learned what are the things that i'm going to take with me going into this next decade of my life and and you know remember and try to improve upon what are the things i've learned that has made me the man that i am and so you guys, like we encourage you guys to, to do that, to think about those things and to hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC on all social media platforms. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch Culture and let us know, like, what do you think? What are some lessons you've learned? I think that it's it's incredible to have a community of people um, that will share those things, like share those life lessons. Like, you know, hearing you share the things that you would do better spark something in me to say, did I do? Have I considered that? Is that one thing I would tell my younger self? Nah, but let me add it to the list. Like, this is something that I'm telling myself now, but in 10 years, I'll be saying, okay, so what would you have told your, the younger you 10 years ago? And it's like, I remember telling myself that, but now this applies in a completely different way because here I am, older, more experiences, probably have started a family at this point, And now, like, all of these things have a brand new meaning to me. So hit us up, Chat BC, and we will be back for the toast or roast. Ricky Rose. It's something special right here. Excuse me. Just trying to enjoy myself. We got some gangsters in the house, too. Come on. And we are back for the toast, a roast, the toast, a roast, a roast, a toast, a roast, the toast, a roast, a roast. You want me to go first? <laughs> um, I can. I mean, you can kick it off. I didn't kick it. It doesn't matter. Whichever, whatever you want. Why well, start off negative and you can end positive? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get the negative out the way. I'm toasting, and I feel like consistently I've been doing political toast. I mean, roast. I said roast toast last week, and I was roasting. I, I, 
I realized that when I played it back. Um, but you know, yeah, I I feel like y'all could context clues. Y'all put it together. I'm roasting this week, Mick Romney, who has come out against Donald Trump. Um, this is the thing that I really don't understand. He is running on this idea of being anti-establishment. So when the establishment comes out against him, you're helping his cause. Number one. Number two, who the heck cares about Mick Romney? (laughs) Who cares what he says? He has lost two camp, two elections. Like nobody cares. If, if yeah, it's, it continues to show the disconnect. And again, why? (laughs) Like, it's 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 very late in the game and it's kind of like guys the people that are voting for Donald Trump first of all he was like you know i think it was um who was the speaker of the house uh paul, paul ryan. ryan yeah paul ryan comes out you know said we can't endorse anybody who you know hasn't denounced the kkk can we stop acting like y'all are champions for uh protecting black people? Can mm. we can we stop playing that? Can we stop acting like this is really about him not denouncing the KKK? This is not what this is about. Absolutely. This is not. Don't don't play us. We the American people aren't stupid. Black people aren't stupid. Black people aren't aren't even really big followers of 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 the Republican Party. Granted, I am a, I'm a registered Republican. I am black. But I mean, the overall in America, if you just want to look at the whole uh, population, America, uh, black Americans aren't really following the Republican Party. So to make that your reason you're not following Trump, that's not even appealing to your base. Exactly. It's not even it's not consistent. I'm sorry. I know this is your role. So I'm going to shut up. But it's just not consistent. Like, I thought I was the other person that was like, guys, it's not really. OK, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, that's not what you use. Like, nothing that you're doing is strategic or makes sense. It makes no sense. And it's just like, what are you doing? Trump is the people that are following Trump are following Trump blindly. They don't care about his policies. They don't care about your policies because policies. you don't execute them when you get in office. This is the thing. They don't care. You're saying pick the person who lies the best. Donald Trump is saying all of y'all are liars. <laughs> I'm running because I know the game. Right. I mean, I it's just really I'm simple. like, guys, come on now. You're going to use you going to play the race card in your favor. Come on, you not champion for black people. You don't even care about the people in Flint. Yeah. So how's how's the KKK? Go take some water to Flint, and then we it might be believable. <laughs> but you gonna that's gonna be your your heel to die. That's what you are gonna pick. That's what you are gonna use against him when that doesn't even appeal to your base. Like, come on, get out of here. I'm I'm roasting Mick Romney and Paul Ryan got thrown in here too. I'm just like, guys, come on now. Let's let's use some common sense. Are you connecting to the base? Who are you speaking to right now? Yeah. And he was like, you know, if you're in Florida, vote for Marco. If you're in Ohio, vote for Kasich. 
Because <laughs> they trying to get a broker convention. Guys. That's... And then... The, I've never thought I'd see the day where some of the re- establishment old Republicans said they would they would vote for Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day where old white men is gonna vote for an old Democratic white woman. Like, I never at, thought I'd see. Let's the day. just make it happen. Let's just make it happen. But I'm saying if you if you if you if you say we're gonna you know pick our own, we're not gonna go with the popular vote. You know, as far as if he doesn't get, I think it's, I, I don't know how many delegates he has to get. I think it's like almost 12, 6, I don't know. I don't want to mess it up. But if he doesn't get that many, you know, they can kind of throw another person's hat in the ring. And then somebody was saying Mick or, or Paul, whatever, you know, whatever they're, you know, planning to do. If you do that, he's going to run as an independent. So you're going to lose. You're going to lose anyway. Yeah, but I, I mean, at least you won't lose by as much as you're gonna lose. And then they was like, "It's it's better than having him as a Republican candidate." I'm just like, so you're now you're plotting strategies for losing. Okay, guys. Okay, that's genius. Because that makes that's sense. genius. Because that works. But uh, yeah, I, I'm roasting. I just I, I have no words. Well, I do have words because I just gave you some, but it's just stupid. So roast. Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan, all of the establishment that does that's disconnected from people, whatever. <laughs> well, on another note, somewhat of a political note, but not too much. Um, I am going to toast the first lady, Michelle Obama. Uh, I have, I mean, it's not anything new that she's amazing. She is black girl magic personified. She is incredible. Uh, but that's, I watched this video. Say it again. That's my fashion icon. Like, she's dope. Like, you, everybody knows she's dope. Um, I watched this video, though, of her surprising two D.C. schools. Um, and just the energy that she has. I mean, it resonates in everything. It resonates, like, in anything you watch her on. I was watching a clip of, I'm sorry, some photos of her on, like, Facebook last week. And they were showing, like, she was out doing some sort of like fitness challenge with like a group of kids. And she was like running really hard. It was like, this is the, you know, this is probably the last time, this is the first and last time we'll ever see a first lady that does things like this. And she literally is out there racing some uh, teenager. She's doing like jumping jacks. She did like a cartwheel. Um, She's in her fifties. Like, it's like, that's so dope. But just the energy and the love that she had for the kids and just the realness she walked into the classroom and one of the little kids popped up and ran directly to her and just gave her like this big hug. And they're all just so passionate about what, like about seeing her. And it's just, you know, she really gave off like this great energy. And I think like it's inspiring to know that these children, uh, these black and brown children are going to grow up and they're going to be able to say, number one, I met her, but number two, she was, the first lady of the United States and let me figure out her story. Let me find out what she's doing um, and how she got to where she is and just be so inspired because she looks like them. But not only does she look like them, but she's just really, really cool and considering it's in a very natural way. So I'm toasting first lady, Michelle Obama. You're incredible. I've been talking about this lately with a lot of my friends about how sad it's going to be. When the Obama administration ends, I know for some people it's going to be a glorious day because 
they think that somebody else is going to be in office. But I'm not going to throw any shade for that. But, you know, I know some people are going to be, like, really happy that they're gone. But I just think, like, this not only the, was the president, the, this this administration historical for so many reasons and in so many ways. But it's like to have these two people in office that have very relatable personalities that are in tune with pop culture and you know there are people that you feel like you can kind of relate to like it's like that cool aunt and uncle that you have that are really about their business but at the same time you know wants you and understands that you know you're just from a different generation you do you move a little differently I just think it's going to be it, it, they're incredible I, I think it's going to be sad to see them go like not I think I know it's going to sad to see them go but shout out to Hillary 2016 uh, shameless plug and Toast to First Lady Michelle Obama. You are incredible, and I am definitely toasting to you. Well, I'm pretty sure Hillary is going to take it in November. Come on, here. I have no, unless Rubio pulls some kind of, and that's not going to happen. He finally won Minnesota, though. He won one. Every t- when they when they announced his one win, I just kept thinking about you and laughing. That was, that's what made me want to hit you up because remember last week you was like, I mean, you keep calling yourself a winner, but you got to actually win. <laughs> you know? And I literally was gonna text you and be like, "Yo, we got we, we, he got him a win. He got a W. He definitely got a W." You know what's the hilarious thing that night? So you know, my TV is always on CNN. Mm-hmm. They interviewed Wolf. Blitzer interviewing Ted Cruz and Ted was like I'm the only one that's defeated Donald Wolf says well actually Rubio just won Minnesota (laughs) when I tell you Ted Cruz face (laughs) I laugh for a good 10 minutes like (laughs) literally tears because it was like when Steve Harvey announced the wrong winner and that girl face (laughs) I it was it was priceless. I said this is good TV right here. This is live living color. This Lit. election is like nothing. But shout out to uh Flotis. I love her. Um I love her. So I I I love your your toast. Um it seems like I love Democrats right now more than Republicans. Um but you know that's how the cookie crumbles these days. <laughs> um yeah, so but we're going to leave you with our good vibe. Today's good vibe um, comes from Dave Willis. It says, we might temporarily impress people by being fake, but we can permanently impact people by being real. Yes. Fakeness will not win. Right. Because at some point, who you really are is going to come forth. And um, if you are who you are, you will really inspire people. Be true to you. Moral of the story, just be true to you. As always, guys, we thank you so much for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. We thank you guys for sharing the show, for supporting us. Uh, we're continuing to grow. We love it. We we love producing the show and bringing you guys the show every week. Make sure you hit up our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can, again, find us on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture, Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. Make sure you check out our website. I'm pro you. Go and pro somebody. Share the site. Share Brunch Culture. Share the site. 
let's get this the information out there and get this movement going, this positive movement for positive people that are trying to make positive change. Let Let's make it happen. And remember here, as always, everything on uh, at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.